This episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red-Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupy. Today we'll be talking about embroidery hoops, starting big projects, and anxiety bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I, so, you know, we, we usually like just chat for a few minutes in this area here and I don't have anything to chat about because I feel like everything is just all the same. Well, we did just chat for an hour. I mean, that did happen. <laughs> but nobody was here to hear it. So That did happen. It's true. So just imagine yeah. us chatting about uh, random like things, the listeners. the universe and, and everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. about, about the universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I but don't that's, know. Yeah. I, that's it's pretty just, relatable. Yeah. I, I agree. There's a lot of nothing happening. Yeah. Although, I... I have one thing that is happening in my life at the moment that is not the usual thing. Okay. So you know how, at least during this pandemic, there are certain, like, items that you're very worried about running out of. Yes. Like, medication. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, that does not seem to be at the top of my list at the moment, although it should be. Drugs, uh, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> um, yes. Well, speaking of, um, uh, anxiety medications, mm-hmm. at the moment, I have anxiety bananas. Hold so- on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes. This could mean many things. It could. No, it, it's literally bananas. Um, so, so, every morning, like, the... I'm not being great at feeding myself like an adult right now. Mm-hmm. And so, every morning, I have a protein shake that's, like, a really high-calorie, nutrition-dense thing. That way, if I utterly fail to eat anything but three cookies for lunch because I'm busy. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. I wouldn't um, either. No, no. Right. Um, yeah. So nope. one of the required ingredients for the shake that I make, um, and the thing that sweetens it, it's a chocolate mm-hmm. variety. Um, the thing that sweetens it, because it's made of whole foods broadly, it's not like a mix. Um it's bananas. And for a while, since I live in Brooklyn, we've been getting our groceries delivered. And for a while, bananas were really hard to get. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this week, I ordered not one, not two, but three bunches of bananas. That's, you've gone bananas for bananas. Oh my god! I have. I mean, the <laughs> thing about it is, they freeze. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can cut them up and freeze them, and they will serve their precise intended purpose. But yeah, bananas are the thing that is the difference between my anxiety 
and being fine right now. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, and good. also bananas. Bananas, very appealing. Oh, my, oh no. Molly. <laughs> Sorry, hey, I just had to slip to that it. in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I've got a bunch okay. of these. Uh, we clearly have multiple kinds of anxiety bananas here at Very Serious Crafts headquarters. Oh, wait, we have no headquarters. Sorry. I mean, the, the headquarters in the cloud? Sure. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So well, that's where I'm at. Cool. Um, since all of our chatter has turned into being about shelter in place and the lack of excitement therein, um, mm-hmm. I was going to share in my chatter... Um, just a, a hot, crafty recommendation for a TV show to watch if you are still vibing on the Netflix and craft train, like mm-hmm. many of us. Yes. Um, I still watch Call the Midwife. It's on season, like, seven now, I think. But I really wow. like that show. Um, yeah. It's a little... Yeah, form- I like it, too. I feel like it's a little formulaic now, but I don't mind. It still makes me cry, and that's what I tune in for, so... Oh, I love a procedural. Me. Um, I like it. <laughs> But they the I think it was the one of the first episodes of the latest season. Um, the entire episode, like the overarching plotline, is about a fashion show that the midwives and nuns at the um, Nardis house. house. Yeah, the 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 institution where these people live and work. If you've never seen the show, um, and they're trying to raise money for an incubator so that they can do more like NICU type services um, in the '60s, but they have no money. So they decide to refashion a bunch of clothes from the 40s and 50s. And so throughout this episode, like every conversation they're hap- they're having where they're not like delivering a baby, they're doing crafts. And it's cool, all nice. make do and and, it, and they specifically talk about how it's like make do and mend, but not quite so like grandma ish. There was a word they used that made me laugh. Austere? <laughs> Something like I think that might that could be the word. It was just the oh, perfect. Tone I haven't of seen word. it yet. <laughs> anyway, all that to say is call the midwife on PBS. Good, good programming. Good wholesome programming. If you want to feel I heartwarming, agree. and also they do crafts in a lot of their episodes, and we're a lot of good '60s knitwear this season. So it's not just knitwear; it's colorful. Nice, indeed. Nice. And having watched all of it, I am fairly certain that in an emergency, mm-hmm. I could probably deliver a baby. Yeah, well, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to think of about a TV show. The one thing I will and say, and I'm not saying it's a good idea. <laughs> The one tiny content warning I will say about Call the Midwife in the most recent season, though, is that I believe episode two, which aired in the U.S. in January, so it would have aired in the U.K. way before that, um, is about a diphtheria outbreak. Oh. So that was a lot to watch. So just FYI, just read the episode description, and if if you're feeling some kind of way. tuberculosis out outbreak one also in the earlier seasons. Yeah, but just read the description and... um, yeah, the show has a content warning on it because it's about giving birth, but it's such a good show yes. if you don't mind medical stuff. And this episode is, like, the most crafty, and I have to wonder if they just know their target audience <laughs> so well. And we're like, we gotta we gotta do, like, a sewing bee-type deal. What are we gonna do? Hey. I mean, I'm sure that they... <laughs> I'm sure they've gathered. Yeah. Yeah. Gathered? Oh. oh. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> You're... <laughs> mm. Anyway. We're going to do a bunch of these, aren't we? A bunch? Oh, <gasps> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 yeah. You're not, you don't do the big cartoon reaction face after saying a pun like Molly and I do. <laughs> no, I get more serious. You no, know, I, I call that my Tom Haverford face. Ooh, if you have yeah, watched Parks and Recreation, he's got that little, like, 
happy <laughs> mouth open. Ah! Well, apparently I've been doing that since I was a very young child. I have a picture of me doing that, and now it's Cute. like my go-to, my go-to selfie face, actually. Um, <laughs> well, I make the same face that my dad makes, except my dad has a mustache, mm. and so it's a lot more dramatic when he makes it, and so it's like, his mustache suddenly goes vaguely sideways because it's like a smirk thing. I love and it. It's less dramatic when I do it. <laughs> so he's a bit of a Ron Swanson then, speaking of Parks and Rec. That's right. I don't know. I've never seen Parks and Rec. Oh, you would boy. enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I have a thing. Okay. The, like, the main character has a lot so of binders. Many... It's Ooh. true. She likes to organize things. Mm-hmm. I think so many people have told me that I need to watch it, that I'm just being like, no, okay. I'm not going to do what you told me to do. I think that's exactly what's Fair. happening here. Fair. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Before we, like, swirl into this too much more. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So we want to give a shout out to some new serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting Ooh, yes. us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Debbie and Rebecca. You're the best. We love you. Thank you so much. We appreciate yes, it. thanks, Debbie and Rebecca. Yeah. Yay. Um, and as they have just started supporting us at Patreon, uh, I thought, this isn't really why I thought this. I'm sorry, Debbie and Rebecca. I'm using you to segue. That's so Oh, rude. no. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Molly. It's terrible. I. The fact is, I thought... Uh, of all things that I do have going, I have, in fact, started and finished a few things lately, and I thought that might be fun for us to just share some of those things that we have been doing, like, just working on. Like, yeah. what's, what are the new things? So I, um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I really, I didn't need to have another knitting project going, but, in fact, I started knitting the Flora Jumper by Melody Hoffman. I, it was Oh, my, I know that one. Yeah, it's, it's fairly simple. It's mostly, like, stockinette, but it has these little detail stitches in, worked into the pattern that, like, just give it some cool texture. So, um, this is the, I decided to order some Brooklyn Tweed yarn from my local yarn shop, uh, so that I could support them right now while they are closed, but they're doing, um, online ordering. So I, I got that, and the color that I chose is called Faded Quilt. It's cute. Uh, it's a good, nice blue-gray kind of color, and I'm excited about that. So I started that. I also finished – are you ready for this? I feel like we should have a drum roll <laughs> for this. I can't, I, um, can't, I can't roll my R's. There you go. Uh, I, oh, wait, I can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I finished <laughs> – the shawl that I started on in season one of the podcast. Wow! Wait, 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 what? <laughs> I, I Right? I, I started this. This was the project where I got the yarn and was getting ready to start it. And then my mom said to me, I, the plan was to knit a shawl for my mom for Christmas. And my mom <laughs> said, you know what? I would really Two love it if ago. you would. Yes, exactly. I would love it if you knit a shawl for me. And I was like, well, that spoils the surprise. Well, the surprise is she didn't get it until, like, a year and a half later, at least. Uh, <laughs> forgotten about it by then. 
No, she had not forgotten about it. She saw it and she went, is this what I think it is? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I love That's your mom. That's delightful. Yeah. So it, <laughs> I actually finished knitting it earlier this year and then finally went, you know what? It's it's about time that I wove in the last few ends of this and blocked it. And it's enormous. <laughs> so blocking it was kind of a thing, right? Like <laughs> having the yeah. space to actually block this thing was a thing. But uh, yeah, so I finished that. And I will confess, as much as it was like coming up on Mother's Day, which is an opportunity for me to, you know, present this, which again, <laughs> right. wasn't really a gift at that point the same way. But <laughs> so I gave her that. But also because I was starting the the Flora jumper, I needed a I needed to free up a project bag. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I like <yes>. that. <laughs> so that happened. So then now, yeah, so I'm all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then other things that I've been working on, like starting, and this is also kind of exciting, is I'm do I'm starting on a new stitching club. Cute. And my hope is that I will actually be, like, launching this in June. Cool. So that's exciting. And I'm doing, I'm calling it a summer reading stitching club. And it's like, <gasps> I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it's children's classic books are the, yes. the themes for the embroidery. Ooh. Tell me what librarians I need to send this to because they're all bored. Because okay. what they'd usually be doing, designing summer reading, which is like 100% of their job. I know. So. And it's like, I feel like even if libraries are able to do some form of summer reading club this year it's not quite the same and so I thought having something like this and I should say like my sister helped me come up with this idea for a summer reading club theme and Mm -hmm. um, I'm very (laughs) thankful for her because she's in library school right yes yeah yes that makes sense and she also it's just a good idea yeah I think it'll be fun I'm really into it I what I love about the this theme too is that it can go beyond like it can be an ongoing thing like I can have other other reading clubs I can do like mm-hmm. a mystery themed one or I can do like class oh, like Jane Austen classics please do or, a mystery themed I, one right it would be please. fun I think there's so many um, I'm available to consult okay <laughs> okay uh, yeah I think there's like lots of see also any spooky ones okay yeah I think I think a combination of like Scary stories and mysteries could be a great thing, like all together. And um, oh, yeah. I just had an idea too. Okay, <laughs> child childhood songs, like oh, seasonal childhood songs. Like I just rediscovered the song um, uh, when witches were waltzing, mm. which is a Halloween song that in elementary school we sang in my music classes, yeah. and it's been stuck in my head for thirty years. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, and Can you sing it? I, Can you sing it? Um, <gasps> hold on. I'll recite pause. a poem if you sing this song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what a wild... You don't have to sing, sing. It's wonderful fine. sight when witches were waltzing on Halloween night. Yes! <laughs> anyway, it's a whole song. And Thank um, you for that. Allergies are super high right now, so... For the record, I can actually sing, but not now. <laughs> it sounds like you can actually sing. Yeah, that was excellent. Okay, yeah. I will. I, 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 as promised, and this can be removed from the episode. If we oh, want. I, nope. Sorry, <laughs> it cannot. 
Okay, so in second grade, I had this teacher who made us memorize a poem every month. And it was like how she made us like behave like little ducklings on the way to and from the cafeteria. She was lovely. She also went to my church and Mrs. Marsh was a peach. Oh, anyway, that's really cute. And um, this was like the early 90s. So most of the curriculum was drafted in the 80s. <laughs> okay. And um, we did a lot of Shel Silverstein, of course. And so um, yes. here is a polar bear in our Frigidaire. I don't even know if that's the real title, but I know all the words. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> yes, he came to our school. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we did it like a rap because it was also the early 90s. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hit us with it. <laughs> all right. There's a polar bear in our Frigidaire. He likes it because it's cold in there with his seat in the meat and his face in the fish and his big hairy paws in the buttery dish. He's munching the noodles. He's slurping the ice. He's licking the noodles. He's munching the ice. I forget that part. But. <laughs> and he lets out a roar. If you open the door. Gives me a scare to know he's in there. That polar bear in our Frigidaire. Thank you. I, I memorized that when I was seven. Really that, enjoy that. Uh, yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. And every oh, time you memorize a poem, you got to stick a gum. It was a great teaching moment. Wow. It was the only time Ooh. we could have gum. Okay. Yeah. Gum was definitely the bribe of choice yep. in my elementary days, too. Hmm. Anyway. So. Oh. <laughs> that was fantastic. Wow. Um. You're welcome. For a <laughs> random diversion of um, we just had a little salon there for a yes. second. Yes, I think that's fine. I think um, so. It's hey, there's no rules. It's coronavirus, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, no rules except don't touch your face and wear a mask. That's right. Correct. Correct. Uh, you wouldn't actually want that polar bear in your frigidity dare. <laughs> no, because you don't know where I he's mean, been. My cat no. kind of wants to be in the refrigerator. Sometimes. Interesting. So that would be kind of a cute mini, well, mini panther in my fridge. Yeah. Fridge panther. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Oh my goodness. So what are you all? Oh. What are you all making? <laughs> um, I've been very busy <laughs> over the last week. I am. Uh, I have a new podcast coming out. Woo! Which, um, yeah, as you guys already know, um, I am creepy and crafty. And so, yes. Um, so my friend Natalie and I decided that we were going to start a podcast called Bones and Bobbins. And it's basically, um... Like, if you had a, a Venn diagram of crafting and true crime and morbid curiosity, we would be at the center overlap. Okay. So. Yeah. That's a good description. So, yeah. Um, so, we've recorded three episodes this week and the trailer. <laughs> and so, um, uh, creepy facts are just bouncing around in my head like nobody's business <laughs> like did you guys know that there are points in history where soap was made from actual fat from people uh, yeah. isn't, that, isn't that the plot of like fight club 
I have no idea. I've never seen or read Fight Club. You're not I supposed think. to talk about that, though. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's literally That's the all only I know thing I about know the movie. About it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, this was uh, this was in the 1780s in Paris, but um, far more yeah. interesting than that Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, maybe. Um, but anyway, so, um, that is my favorite thing that I have learned, um, thus far. And it comes out, um, I guess the launch is on May 22nd, where we're dropping the first three episodes. So three days ago, for our listeners, they can tune in. Oh, hey, there we are. Wee! Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I feel like like people who love Haley for all of the interesting stuff that she's into (laughs) will listen to this podcast. and It'll be that that you get from here. But the volume turned up a little bit. So to speak. (laughs) I think it will be delightful knowing you. (laughs) All of the creepy tangents I go on here. There's a podcast um, for that now. Like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm still struggling with work motivation. It's improved a lot since this weekend, and actually since last night, when I finally (laughs) unpacked the last box of moving stuff. I feel like that was this thing that was just like blocking me because it was just over my head so long, and it predated the book and all this stuff. Um, So that's a nice finish that I've had going on. And now I'm trying to just, like, catch up on all the little email threads that I have left and try to clear away cobwebs as best I can. Because what I would like to start doing next as, like, a, a longer-term project, especially since um, the economy's about to not be so hot, so I imagine I'll have time to explore this idea this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have yeah. been wanting to develop a small collection of fine artwork. Um, Ooh, that is done with um, some like some combination of my fiber art skills. Um, mm-hmm. So less about designing a pattern and more about designing a larger finished piece. Or yeah, like I say, ideally a collection of it. Um, and I want to work with ideally almost all recycled materials. Um, and so it's an interesting time to do that because of sourcing stuff. But um, that project is is the thing that I like. I know if I don't just use this weird moment in my life and the world to just go forth and just do the thing that I've wanted to do for years, but just never had the guts to do. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I'm in the mood for. I think you should. That sounds like like, a great idea. I feel like there's plenty of room to fail and to experiment. And like when I got hands occupied to be successful, it's because I was not afraid of experimenting and failing. And I think as I've gotten older, that sort of thing has gotten worse. Oh yeah. Sure. I think that that this kind of work where there's no rules, so to speak, um, Mm -hmm. could be very good for me. Oh, I think so, too. And also, like, sourcing during this time could be asking your friends to mail you random things that they've got Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, it could be a really interesting experiment. I'm excited. Mm, yeah. Even like the idea of bartering, because I've got plenty of like knitting yarn and my arthritis is so bad at this point. I'm not going to be doing oh. a major like another Intarsia Mountain for a while. And <laughs> so, I mean, that was a beautiful and huge project. Yeah. It was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so bartering or something like that. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm now off in my own head while I'm supposed to be recording content for other humans to digest. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of story of all of us today. I think it's fun. Yeah. 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 Um, So that's, I don't know, I'm still really scared of it, but I find that when I say something out loud um, or write about it, and there's an accountability that I've just tacked onto it. Uh huh. Um, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's okay to be scared about it, yeah. and it's also okay if you don't like it or if you fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. also, who cares if only you like it, right? Or if everyone likes it and you don't? Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really love that part of being in, like, personally, in my late thirties. Mm-hmm. That I don't care. what anybody i like it It, like don't really care if anybody else is coming with me after doing the book because that collection everything from the book was designed to go together to be a collection because it's a book but it was for beginners and those projects were so cool thank you you'll all see them someday this fall listener (laughs) it's true but you will love them there was like Four or five more projects that didn't make the book that are sitting there like half done because I knew at a certain point I was like this is this idea is not coming together like I had envisioned yeah. it so I also like need to remember like you know what you're doing dingling it will be fine oh, yeah. yeah and I've got a bunch of those from previous books too like the oh that's a bit more ambitious than is going to fit in this <laughs> um or hmm, that needs to be redesigned or it, it is really fun to yeah. think about going back and revisiting them and making them something completely different. Mm-hmm. Or just not, or just viewing them even as um, a reminder not to be afraid to just cut a project if you know it's done. Just like cut, cut your yep. losses, move on next project because the deadline's still coming. Yeah. Or yep. when you run a release, I mean that's a great point, and I'm awful at it. <laughs> Same. <I'm> really, <laughs> really, like the sunk cost fallacy, and I, we are just. We are like this. And I am crossing my fingers and waving them at Molly and Heidi. But you guys can't see that. Yeah. Anyway. I've become such an introspective person this year, you guys. Hopefully it's not annoying. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. So, because I can't just do one big new project at a time, ever, um, I am... I have also just started a big design project and with like media components and such for a well-known TV network. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, have. yes, um which I'm excited about. It sort of harkens back to my childhood in interesting ways and so um I will obviously at some point in the future share with you guys what it is and I can't right now. But so I'm diving into two very large, extremely different projects, both of which have almost exactly the same due date. Oh, no. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but it's okay because I'm enjoying both of them. And not like I can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, well, not like I was going to go anywhere anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. That is, uh, yeah. So I only have starts, not finishes <laughs> right now, it would seem. Yeah, the, and the only other start I have left is uh, I've ordered two sewing patterns for dresses that are really cute. Nice. Um, 
since my thyroid hates me and I'm a smaller size again, and that's the extent of what I'll say about that on this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've ordered a couple new dresses because nothing fits. Uh, And, or, sorry, I've ordered a couple dress patterns because nothing fits. Um, And I decided to finally order um, a couple dresses that I've seen a ton on sewing Instagram. They're very Mm -hmm. popular. Um, they're both from, I got them on so, S-E-W, so liberated.com. And it's, Oh, I know exactly it, what you're talking about. You know, yeah, about. exactly. It's the, <laughs> it's the hinterland dress and the, um, reversible metamorphic dress. Um, I have both of those patterns too and have not yet made them. They just look so fun. And yes. the other thing is they're not. They look so comfortable. Well, and the other thing is uh, since, I was doing this because I, I ordered them because I need some clothes that are uh, a little bit smaller than my old clothes. What uh-huh. I like is that the metamorphic dress is not tight at all. So I'll be wear- able to wear this no matter what happens with my, yeah. with my size. And then the um, hinterland dress appears to be more fitted in the like bust and like upper shoulder zone. And yep. so that for me isn't going to change wildly. Unless, like, significantly others, like, unless, like, something major is happening to my health. So I'm trying to also, like, be practical about my purchases and set myself up for success. And since it's a wardrobe project and there's always the anxiety about wasting time on and money on the supplies, but just putting the thing together. Yeah. I wanted to make sure to kind of protect my time as a maker. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's really smart to think of it. To, to approach things that way. Mm-hmm. And, like, I often don't make a thing because, eh, is that gonna... I mean, <laughs> I, I vary in about five pounds in either direction from a midpoint, mm-hmm. but because I am very kid-sized, that can be kind of dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I really like the idea of like building in that fluctuation Mm -hmm. specifically well mindfully i guess while making things i think that's great yeah and they uh, and the other thing is even if i never even open the envelope when the physical pattern arrives i've supported a company that i want to still exist after all of this so that's the other thing like pattern pdfs for sewing can be a little or patterns in general can be a little expensive for sewing if they're independent but yep. I have no issue paying whatever for a pattern, even if I never use it, because it supports that company existing and it lets them exactly. potentially make the next hinterland or metamorphic dress. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And double goes for any place that's making printed patterns. Mm-hmm. I understand financially why many places have stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I completely get it, but I hate printable PDF patterns. I hate them. <laughs> With a fiery, fiery passion. <laughs> and that doesn't mean I won't buy them, but I'm never going to use them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will buy them with intent or with intent to support. But I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True confession, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I mean, well, you just, tape them together. I was going to say, it's just a great big puzzle. <clears throat> it's a great big and puzzle And it's for awful. You. Yeah. It is my own personal <laughs> escape. <laughs> but, I mean, well, every, during this time, everyone's 
New York puzzles. apartment. You should just think of it as that. But I live in a New York apartment. It's I don't true. have floor space big enough to actually put together a PDF pattern. That's true. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, yeah. People might think that I am, but like between the two walls of my apartment, like the width of my apartment is like 10 feet. Yeah, maybe 12. It's a yeah. it's a skinny guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the ceilings are high and it's very long. Um <laughs> but it's Nope. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. EGA is a community of stitch-minded people who inspire passion for the needle arts through education and the celebration of its heritage. Join today to become a member of the community, gain access to educational opportunities, projects, and more. Learn more at egausa.org. I am really excited for your next topic, Molly. I am excited as well. I was, yeah. All right, so uh, can we just take a moment and talk about embroidery hoops? Yeah, oh, yes, please. always, okay. always. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of embroidery hoops. Jinx, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I have a bunch of vintage hoops that I just have and I keep them in with my regular hoops that I use but I don't generally use them although sometimes I do because they still work really well but I kind of like Mm. was thinking like when did the hoops as we know them come into play and so I just did I started you know doing what we do and I did a little a little searching on the history of embroidery hoops and cool I I have to say there's not like a lot of really good documented history of them that I could find maybe if I really was like digging and digging I could find more but you find these bits and pieces that you can kind of put together and timber style hoops go back or not hoops but frames um go back longer people were using that to stretch your fabric so that you could be um working that way but right if you've ever worked with an embroidery frame of any kind, you know that it's a bit more of a production to yes. put that together. Whereas an embroidery hoop, a lot easier, right? You have rings generally and they snap or tighten together and hold your hold your uh, fabric. Also way more portable. Way more portable. <laughs> yeah. I actually, when I um, was working on my book and I was working on rectangular pieces of embroidery for the that were like page size or a little bit larger I was trying to figure out the best way to keep my fabric taut and I tried working with a frame and I was so frustrated with it even when it was smaller and I could actually take it with me but it was still just like Ugh. so obviously other people had that same frustration but so I did mm. a search for history of the embroidery hoop and one of the first things that came up for me was a Martha Stewart article about Helen A. Harms, who created the adjustable embroidery hoop. Cool. Yeah. And also leave it to Martha to know that. uh, Well, yes. And Mm -hmm. we'll come back to that, though, because I have some I have some thoughts there. Um, Oh, do you? I do. And I like Martha. But. (laughs) All right. Uh Uh-oh. Here's the thing. So 
Helen uh, made this adjustable embroidery hoop and it was patented in 1903 officially. She filed it, you know, a little earlier than that. But mm-hmm. the idea for this hoop is you have the two rings, but both the inner and the outer ring were adjustable. So you could actually alter the size of the the hoop itself. Oh. Yeah. It would be like one hoop that you would use for multiple sizes because it had these flanges. Fascinating. I know. I, I've never, I had never really seen this version before, and um, I'll have a link. Now I want one. I, okay, thank you. I can't find <laughs> one. I was searching to try and find one of the Helen Harms hoops and could not find one on the internet yet. If you know of where to find one of these listeners. I'm asking my dad to make one. <laughs> well... <laughs> I, this could be an involved project, but... I, I'm looking at the patent. You're looking at the patent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it was it was brilliant. And so she... Cool. Um, she made these. She sold them via um, mail order. And yeah, so love that. This is, you know, this is an exciting find to learn about this. I was very like, all right, we've got this American woman who created this first embroidery hoop but of course th- actually she didn't make the first embroidery hoop <laughs> she made the first of course not I, she made the first adjustable embroidery hoop and honestly i think she was brilliant with what she was doing assuming that that worked well and it seemed to be successful for her at the time anyway but when i looked a little bit further i found an article on a website called lil blue boo uh yes. again i will link to this yeah and that's a name I haven't heard in a while, yeah. back from the uh, my days of writing for craft. Yep, it, she's, uh, she goes back a little ways. This is, Her post was from yeah. 2016. but um, I believe we're Facebook friends. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so she um, talks about these embroidery hoops made by Gibbs Manufacturing. And she actually went back, she was like looking at like cemetery records, which is always good when you're like hitting like the history of like, the, you know, this, <laughs> that way. Like, Heck yes, it's good. Yeah. It's a whole other thing at that point. But anyway, she uh, so she it's talks my, about these. My other and podcast. in fact, <laughs> I have some of these Gibbs hoops. And they, so you had, I, and I, the one that I have doesn't have any markings on it, but it's just two wooden rings. And I, it literally has, it's just rings. And they just nest together and you hold your fabric in them. And I have, I'll put pictures in the show notes. Yeah, it doesn't cool. really. Those ones are cool. I don't have any, but I like yeah. I like how they look. They um, they don't really hold the fabric taut very well. But that's where then I think that maybe this one. Would this, Ada Cloth maybe, maybe more what they're. Maybe. Although that seems early for that. I don't know. For that type of fabric. Because they're definitely still made now. Yeah. I, um, and that would, that I would definitely know. hold tighter than, than most fabrics that I would be embroidering with. But, um. Then, so I don't know if this was made by Gibbs or not. That one doesn't have any stamps on it. But Gibbs went on and made one that they called the Duchess. And it Mm. had... Well. I know. And it had felt on one of the hoop pieces so that it gave some more grip to it. And I have a different hoop that they made that has that... I don't know if you can see it in my camera. But it has like a little ring of felt on the inside ring. It's a... 
it's felt, not foam? It's felt. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of... That then they so they patented that and these ones go back to 1898. So definitely not long before Helen was making her embroidery hoop, but but it does go back a little further. Then they furthered the the invention. They added a little metal spring piece onto the outside mm-hmm. that you didn't adjust oh. or anything. It just ho- yeah. helps with some tension, and I really love those. And I've used them as like regular embroidery hoops and they still function really well. Those ones at that point that became the princess embroidery hoop. Ooh. We moved up from being a duchess. <laughs> and then a little while later they added um what they call the queen version and this has like this little tightening wheel kind of a thing on the outside. Yeah, my quilting uh frame has yeah. one of those. And um, only with a key. Oh, that's an actual cool. key that you put in. That's very cool. It's giant, and I'm afraid I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> this this hoop also is is stamped with embroider with nuns boil proof. So that was their that was apparently the sponsorship that uh, nuns boil proof. Nuns boil proof. <laughs> cool Does name. Just yeah. mean it's. Oh, it's so it won't shrink when boiled when you sanitize your clothes. Oh. Okay, there you go. Um, um, all right. So I mean, you know, you don't want yeah plague or fleas or whatever. <laughs> no, no, exactly. no plague. No plague. No plague. No plague. No, I'm good without it. <laughs> anyway, so I that was like I, when I really was like looking for history of of embroidery hoops, at least like our modern embroidery hoops. The most of what you find comes from patent things that patent forms that have been filed because no, oh yeah like there's not there's not like this documented history of it that you find where it's like giving you all the facts and the different people you just look at patents. I feel a book coming on for you <laughs> right <laughs> right I it definitely wants to be an extensive uh, blog post at the very least I think. But it was uh-huh. just well, of, if you find any murder or intrigue, let me know. Okay. <laughs> I will I will definitely let you know. But yeah, I mean, even reading the patents on these, because you can, you know, you can find all of those, that was very interesting to me. And it's not maybe particularly interesting for, say, reading on a podcast. But <laughs> looking at the drawings and reading their explanations of the different components and all of that, if you if you go onto the um, the Google website that ha- has patents, it's like it's really fascinating stuff in how these are put together. So I will put links to this in the show notes. But if you have listeners, if you have contributions of knowledge that need to go in the post that needs to be written about <laughs> like actual history of this, uh, I would like to know because needs to be out in the world this is like important clearly this is an important part of our our craft history though really well i it is this keeps making me think about um at what point embroidery hoop technology was applied to rug making okay and how different that made because because you what you need is that's that would have started out as frames yeah i think that's yeah the frame see also quilting yeah Mm -hmm. like quilting hoops Probably came well after quilting frames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, because they, 
talk about like with timber frames, a lot of times you would have ones that actually like you, you either are sewing your embroidery onto that frame, which you would do with rug making things. Like back when I talked mm-hmm. about that, um, right. That short film about weaving that mm-hmm. yes, again, which same, was great. Same process of like sewing the piece onto the frame. Or sometimes you'd have like a row of tacks, like you would basically how you, it for punch needle, You've got the the row of tacks so you can stretch your fabric across it. But once it's on there, you don't want to be moving that around. So that was really where then embroidery hoops came into play was so that you could easily move it around on your embroidered piece and not have a a whole production to do for moving it. But Right. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's so interesting. But also I thought the fact that the Martha Stewart article, it talks about her – about – Helen uh, Harms making this hoop and why she made it and all of that. But it kind of ignores the fact that embroidery hoops of, you know, this type in general did exist before that. But all of this, there is a, there's a Wikipedia page about embroidery hoops. It has zero information about the history of them. And Hmm. I have never wanted to edit a Wikipedia page more than now. Like, because it really like it need it wants to be there, right? Like they, you should have yeah. some information about the history of them. So, you should if, do it. <laughs> I'm, it's, I feel like I mean you have just done the research. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's intimidating to do that, um, but also, I mean it's sort of like a public service. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. But if anybody finds a Helen Harms embroidery hoop. I want one before Haley gets one. <laughs> um, <okay. laughs> Haley, I like, already I just... have an eBay alert for it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that 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 was ex- you read my mind. Uh huh. It's fine. Drat. But you do know that if I find one, I'm just gonna send it to you. <laughs> well, you will. We could have one. We could share it back and forth between us. I like it. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> so that. Hey. Really. That's what I've been cool. into lately. Now, I want to take a deep dive on that. Yeah. that That's awesome. Let's just wrap up this episode then, I guess. All right. I, I feel like just I'm going to shriek and immediately call Molly no matter what time of the day or night it is <laughs> when I finally do find one of these hoops. I am yeah. really, really excited well, about it. I hope you're ready, Molly. I, I am ready. The thing I guess that just kind of boggled my mind is that you can find so many vintage embroidery hoops and actually lots of the ones made by Gibbs. And maybe because they were like a larger company, so maybe there were more of them. But not a single one of hers pops up. Like you don't. It's not no. even like like you. I have. I haven't seen a single photo of one. I've only seen the patent drawings. Yeah, I. I think they must colloquially be called something else. Yes, and this is what I will. I will have to. This is where the real digging comes in. Is to know what <laughs> you should be searching for. Yes, I'm going to start calling you the hoop sleuth. I I feel like you need a children's book Um, Molly uh, Molly Johansson and the Great Hoop Sleuth and I'll have a magnifying glass but it will look like an embroidery Mm -hmm. hoop on it 
Actually, I really yes, want correct. that now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more of a monocle automatically? <gasps> you... <laughs> An embroidery hoop monocle? <laughs> Your face. I'm very... <laughs> She's very excited. I am very excited. Well, I've always wanted, I've always wanted like a bangle bracelet that was like Mm -hmm. an embroidery hoop. It's really impractical because the, the screw hardware part catches on things, you know, it would, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not, it doesn't really work, but it feels like it should be an idea. But you could um, recess it. Exactly. You could recess that um, and sink the actual screw part into the bracelet and then cover that with resin. Okay. So you would see it, but it wouldn't yeah, stick out. That would work. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm thinking one of these Duchess embroidery hoops could work. Yeah. Because it's, you okay, know, Okay, I've created a yeah. new project for oh, us. Oh, boy. Okay. I need to stop. <laughs> we need to stop. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all, all right. right. Okay. So before we go, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, the Embroiderers Guild of America. You can learn more about them at egausa.org. And thank you for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Indeed. Finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. (laughs) You can just say anxiety bananas. That's true. (laughs) That's what you mean. That's true. Also, I mean, we just like hearing from you in any any way. But uh, yeah, good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Of course, you can also just share the word about the podcast any way you like, because, I mean, that's what we would do. (laughs) Yes. Correct. What a fun episode this was. Yeah, it was good. There's good, good stuff. I like, I like new projects coming along, too. Yeah. Well, and just for a little, uh, little teaser for people who might not be on our Patreon. Yes. (laughs) If you want to, if you want a real good time, you should uh, sign up for our Patreon where you can get uh, our bonus episodes between our full episodes. They're called Half Stiff. And we're about to record one about our mental health. It can't wait. (laughs) I'm gonna, okay, spoiler. I might, I might have mental health train of shame. (gasps) I can't, I'm so excited. We gotta go record this now. All right. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.